This is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in today and every other day that you decide to tune in. Uh, with me today is, as always, the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. Did I put a TH on the end of there? It's, it's, it's late. Uh, his name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing way better than I deserve, buddy. Good. Thank you, uh, Mr. Ramsey. So, uh <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. If you have not subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. Also, uh, we would really appreciate some feedback as well. Uh, we would love to see you put a review down on there if you are a an Apple Podcast person. So some people listen through Apple Podcasts. Some people listen through Spotify. Some people listen through Google. However you listen, please listen and also put a review. So today, uh, I really... Um, am about throwing curveballs at uh <laughs> pastor matt today and this is going to be i prefer uh, a slider but sliders yeah. okay yeah, either one uh <laughs> I, I like i like sliders with uh buffalo chicken <laughs> but nobody's talking about that so <laughs> and blue cheese yeah. Yeah. buffalo chicken and blue cheese there you go <laughs> so here's my question matt and i'm just going to start out the gate with it because you know that's kind of how i do it yeah so there have been a lot of uh uh, a lot of things on my heart and mind lately. Um, and basically it's about uh, looking at these folks that are literally walking away from the faith. Mm. And uh, Joshua Harris is one. Uh, I think the guy's name is Matt Sampson from Hillsong, mm. uh, literally just walking away from the faith. Mm. What purpose you know, for what? I mean, they kind of put it and it seems the popular thing to do is to do it on Instagram. Yeah. You know, just to kind of say, well, I'm walking away from the faith. But uh, as a believer and as someone who, you know, quite honestly struggles with sin. Yeah. What would make it so that I would actually know that I won't become a statistic like them? Mm hmm. Yeah. So your question you're asking me is, what is it that keeps you from doing that? Not necessarily. It's more of like a question of, you know, is it, am I real? Yeah. Because, you know, I would almost not expect myself to not sin, yeah. but I kind of think that maybe I'm struggling with it like they might have or mm -hmm. struggling struggling with it a little much yeah you know yeah like i'm not supposed to struggle with sin like this yeah. like what how what is the the the, the differentiator basically? okay all right good all right i have a better idea what you're asking okay so first of all i would say uh your first part starts with just first how do you respond to when the people walk away and i think you have to have a have a have a you have to have a biblical uh, anchor point when people do that, which happens actually all the time, more than people realize. It's just high profile people is what gets focused on, but it happens, you know, every day. It's been happening um, really lately a lot because the seeker sensitive church movement is dead mm -hmm. now, and all of the false believers that came into the church through the Willow Creek model, through the seeker sensitive model, are now exiting, proving that they were never saved uh, Bill Hybels himself, who's the father of the seeker-sensitive movement, even said that it didn't work, which is, you know, not surprising to us who 
to those of us who examined it, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's what a lot of this is, really. And again, I, I'm always careful to guard all of us from overreacting to it because mm-hmm. the Bible's crystal clear. This this happened in in Jesus' day, happened to Jesus himself. Think about it. If people are going to abandon Jesus when he's walking on the earth and teaching and preaching and doing the miracles in their face, mm-hmm. why would that not happen today? Right. Right. And so the point is, I think you just have to be careful that you don't overreact and uh, become too introspective. The other side of that, though, is it is, I think, always healthy, right, and good in responding to this to not overreact, but also to not underreact. And I think every time this happens, it should be a call for us to examine our own hearts, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't think um, we should ever stop doing that. Uh, Paul commanded church in Corinth in Second Corinthians thirteen five to test yourself to see if you're in the faith. And Paul said, I'm confident you'll pass the test, but you need to do it, mm-hmm. right? And um, so I think that exhortation should constantly uh, be coming up in our hearts when we see or hear these stories where we examine our hearts and we examine our motives, the hidden motives of our heart, and uh, we we test our faith to see where it's really focused. So this gets to your to answer your question. You know, how do you know you're the you know you're genuine? Mm-hmm. Really, is what you're asking. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple uh, important uh, truths you cling to, and this is where First John is really really helpful. Mm-hmm. The book of First John, the epistle First John, because literally that's what he's writing about, and it's it's. It's not surprising then in First John chapter 2, he even talks about those who left them, i.e. abandoned the faith, left the church, rejected Christ. All that did was just prove they were never in. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's, a, that's a perspective uh, that John just makes clear. So John gives about 7 to 10, depending on how you break them, break them down in the book, marks of a true believer. That's really what First John is. It's so helpful, mm-hmm. and he just he just lays out those marks of what a genuine believer looks like, what a genuine believer does, what a how a genuine believer thinks, and uh, so I, I always encourage people to study First John and go back and read that and and examine that with your life. James is another one that James is is helpful in that, not as not as specific as as John is to that task, but uh, helpful in what James writes on a number of occasions in helping you discern whether your faith is genuine or false. And so I think you always go to truth, right? So Mm -hmm. you always go to the Word of God. It's not based upon how you feel, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, reality is uh, there are those that question their faith. They have an overactive conscience to where they're questioning everything because their conscience either was trained to do that, or their conscience is grieved by some unconfessed sin, or they're just immature. Mm-hmm. And so people can drive themselves to a point of a lack of assurance. Never forget this. The assurance of salvation, okay, mm-hmm. is is something you grow in. It's not, it's not a guarantee by way of it comes automatically with salvation, like forgiveness of sin, justification, that's automatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with you. It's automatic. It's It comes with regeneration. Assurance of salvation does not come with regeneration. And so w- this will happen. There will be people who will end up in heaven who will question their salvation down to the bitter end mm-hmm. where they will be struggling, they'll be wrestling, they're not sure. And that's a sad reality. It shouldn't be. 
because that's why in First John he says multiple times, I'm writing this so that you may know mm-hmm. that you're in the faith. I mean, he said that even he his whole gospel, the gospel of John, was written for that purpose in chapter 20. I mean, literally, that's what he's, he said. He's and so, written that and you might believe. That you might believe. Christ. And then he writes his epistles so that those who have believed might be encouraged in the faith. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that because in, in uh, when he wrote that, in the, uh, the latter part of the first century, Gnosticism was taking over on many levels, even within the church. And this idea that to be a believer, you had to be part of the secret knowledge, right? You, it wasn't just what you learned from Scripture or just the gospel. There was a hidden knowledge that was underneath of it, and only certain teachers had it. Hmm. And you had to you had to try to gain this hidden knowledge. Uh, just side note, Mormonism is Gnostic in just about all it believes because it's all about hidden knowledge, the hidden baptism, all the things they do in secret. And so there's a lot of Gnosticism in Mormonism, but that's a, that's a podcast for another day. That's, but, a, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's but, a whole podcast. That's right. Yeah. But anyway, this, so John is writing and, uh, and so that's why he says what he says. John, and the apostle, John, the apostle you is, just, you just said Mormonism. So I just want to switch everybody's yes, brain. Yeah. So to the, right the apostle John. John is writing first John mm-hmm. in light of that. That's why he says in the beginning of the book, that which we have seen, that which we have touched, that which we have, uh, have, have, uh, heard. He's, he's, he's using all sensory language because mm-hmm. Gnosticism really, uh, had real issues with the physical realm. It was all about the spiritual realm and mm. denied the physical realm in mm. many ways or denied that it was relevant and 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 uh, applicable to the believer. And, and John's like, no, absolutely. That's why he says, we've seen it, we've touched it, we felt it. He's using, he's going against everything that mm-hmm. Gnosticism, and they, you know, even in that day, they would deny that Jesus was even here. He was a ghost. It was more of a spirit. There's all kinds of, mm-hmm. which that still gets taught today into all kinds of different uh um, deceticism is a is a form of that where it denied that Jesus was even on the cross. It was a spirit. that was a ghost that was up there. And so there's all kinds of these weird sects, uh, cults, and groups that come out of that. But First John writes, he's really clear that if you are in the faith, then these will be aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's those non-negotiable, objective, clear points of reference that you go back to, not your feelings, not not uh, what you think, but what God's Word says. Mm-hmm. And that then builds the assurance of our faith. And so our assurance is always resting upon the surety of God's Word, the surety of God's promise, and ultimately the surety of God's Son, mm-hmm. right? It's in, it's, in, it's in those three areas that assurance really is grounded. One, in, in what God's Word says, mm-hmm. and then based even out of that, the promises of God and what he says he's going to do in salvation, mm-hmm. and then ultimately in what Christ has done and will do and continues to do. And then you add to that the fruits of your faith mm-hmm. as well as the marks. And so there's a number of those that get unpacked in the life of a believer as you're wrestling with these. But what you don't want to do is make yourself the standard, and that's what people do all the time. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not like Buddy. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm a believer because Buddy does this. Buddy mm-hmm. likes, you know, blue cheese, but I, I'd much rather have ranch and, you know, blue cheeses of the underworld than blue cheese. That's not true. I like blue cheese, but I was just using it as an example. But yeah. my point is that's what people do all the time. Yeah. And so uh, the Word of God is clear, right? Yeah. He that continues in sin, right? He that 
continues in the habitual pr- practice of sin is not a believer, mm-hmm. right? He that does not love his brother is not a believer. Mm-hmm. He that uh, does not, that loves the world is not a believer. This is all First John. I mean, he just lays it out. It's black and white. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about the Apostle John. When he writes, there's, there, it's no ambiguity. There's mm-hmm. no gray. It's mm-hmm. if you do this, you are not a believer. If right. you do this, you're not a believer. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really, really uh, helpful and clear and good because, again, he's building assurance. So back to that point I was making a minute ago, assurance is something you grow in mm-hmm. over time as you're growing as a believer and uh, getting stronger and stronger in your understanding of the word and your walk with Christ. Um, and, and it's a privilege. It's a privilege. The assurance of salvation is a privilege for the believer. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's it's uh, it's... It's not something that is automatic like, you know, justification, reconciliation, redemption. This is something that's part, really, it's part and parcel of your sanctification Mm -hmm. as you're growing in holiness and godliness and understanding of God's sovereign grace in your life. You grow in the assurance of faith, and that is a blessing. Mm -hmm. It is a privilege of the believer to be assured of his salvation, and it should be the mark of every single believer and it will be if you're in the Word. Mm-hmm. But sadly, for many, it's not. And they just are constantly wrestling and doubting and struggling. And um, it's it's one thing to be conflicted when you see somebody abandon the faith. Mm-hmm. You should be thinking, Lord, what keeps me from doing that? Right. That's the, that is a good response. And the answer is Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that keeps you. Right. right? And when you understand that, then you know, okay. I'm going to keep fighting for the faith. And I guess that's my struggle because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, am I truly a Christian? Because in some ways I kind of feel like, you know what? I could I could do that same thing. I could walk away from the faith. Totally. And I could be, you know, misguided. Like that is totally what I'm capable of doing. Yep. So I think in, in many ways looking at that, and I wouldn't necessarily say that I am, and I'm, I'm hopefully I'm speaking for a lot of people that are listening. I, I would look at those situations and say, you know what? I really feel like I'm in a good place where I understand, you know, scripture in a much better way, a much clearer way. Well, yeah. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. And that's good. But more important than that, it's Christ, mm-hmm. right? So the scriptures are the word of Christ, as Colossians 3 says. So the scriptures point us to Christ. At the end of the day, the only assurance we have of salvation is Christ. Mm-hmm. It's his work on our behalf, his propitiation, his, his uh, life attributed to us. But more than that, mm-hmm. it's his ongoing ministry on our behalf, which right. Hebrews 7, Hebrews 10 talks about, mm-hmm. where he is ever interceding for us, praying for us, uh, preserving our faith, holding us, holding us to the end. Right, mm-hmm. he will not let us go. Philippians one six that he that began this good work in you is what faithful to complete it mm-hmm. on the day of judgment. It's going to take that long for his work of sanctification, mm-hmm. but he will not let us go. Romans eight, you know, um, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hebrews thirteen, um, he will never leave us nor forsake us. But it's that work of Christ by which he holds us. So, in, this is so helpful in John seventeen, where where Jesus. Praying to the Father says, I have not lost any of them. Mm -hmm. All that you have given to me, I have declared you, I have demonstrated you, I've delivered them uh, from the evil one, and I have protected them. Here they are, Father. Mm -hmm. And so, so it is with all of us. He will not let any of his own go. 
He died for us. He shed his precious blood for his own. He is not going to lose a one. Mm -hmm. So the assurance of salvation, it never rests in us. And that's part of the struggle why we are, why we will often be discouraged and doubt because we are far too often looking to ourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm constantly saying you have to look to Christ. Mm -hmm. It's all about him. And you grow in who he is and his love for his church and his faithfulness to complete the mission. And his mission isn't complete. It's mm -hmm. not complete until he brings us to the Father. Right. right? And he will not stop mm -hmm. until all the sheep are in the fold. Okay. And, and so it rests in him. John Calvin, John Calvin was so helpful and so good about that at the end of the day even he said even looking to the fruits of your faith and the bible talks about that looking to fruits and you'll know them by their fruit and that's helpful but that's that can't even be the ultimate source of your assurance mm -hmm. because even that can be manipulated even that can be deceiving right to the heart he said it has to be christ and christ alone mm -hmm. it's all on him it's all up to him everything and he's spot on and that's what the John talks about really in first John that's what he talks about Paul talks about in Philippians and in Romans and the writer of Hebrews it all goes back to him and so when you think when you have that your assurance never wavers mm -hmm. because you waver mm -hmm. but when your assurance is in Christ he never moves mm -hmm. he never moves an inch he doesn't waver he's true he is faithful that's why Paul said when we are faithless he remains faithful mm -hmm. right and so um, it all goes back to him and that needs to be your focus so every one of these people who walk away from the faith one they were never in it so they're not walking away from anything because mm -hmm. they were never in it so mm -hmm. to speak but that language proves the point that it was all about them choosing it was all about them doing it was never about christ mm -hmm. and uh so that just even helps us in our discernment there yeah and i was actually going to to mention that that what i noticed in both of their uh, I'm talking about Joshua Harrison. I forget the guy's name. I think it's Matt Sampson or Mark mm -hmm. Sampson or whatever from Hillsong. Uh, most of what they were saying is I, I, I. Yep. And they were like, I don't understand this. And, you know, there's contradictions in, in the Bible. So he's basically talking about what he doesn't understand and not what, you know, who Christ is and, and yeah. his work on the cross. And, and when I say that I'm, I'm speaking for a lot of people, I don't, I don't feel like everybody feels as if like, you know, oh, I, I know I'm doing well, I, but I think that a lot of people will want to magnify themselves Oh yeah, and want to put themselves up there as like, you know, I have some type of, you know, say in this whole thing. Yeah. But, uh, I saw this meme the other day. It's like, remember that time when, uh, Paul chose or Saul chose Jesus. Yeah, it didn't happen. No, you know God chose Paul. Yeah, you know, well, God chose Saul. And every one of us are are uh, infected with pride on many levels. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yes, that's something we will battle with uh, till the bitter end, and we're humbled completely. But uh, that's part of why we even struggle with that. And mm -hmm. and at the same time, right? Um, the the mark of the true believer is always one of desperation. Mm -hmm. Right? It's it's a growing desperation. Not because he doesn't understand that he has been forgiven, but he has a growing understanding of how much he's been forgiven because of how wicked he is. Mm -hmm. And that builds within you at the same time. Simultaneously, there is an unspeakable joy and at, as well as a real desperation of 
of realizing the depth of your wickedness. Mm. And so they go parallel together, and that's what keeps you humble, right? That understanding of, wow, Christ saved me from this. Christ saved me at that level. But wow, I was that deep in sin, and that was me, and that continues to be me apart from Christ. And so it is. it, it grows together, and that's why you're right. You said something earlier on. The, the, the true believer will sin less. That's the work of Christ in our life. That's called sanctification. You will sin less as you grow more and more. But mm-hmm. the issue is you will grow so sensitive to sin as you grow more like Christ. You will grow so sensitive to God's holiness as you grow more like Christ that when you do sin, and First John is clear, he that says he does not sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. It's one mm-hmm. of the marks of an unbeliever, mm-hmm. right? And so there, there is that recognition of wrestling with sin. But you won't sin like you did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You will sin less. However, this is that simultaneous growth. It will feel personally to you as if you sin more mm-hmm. because you're broken over it more. You're recognizing it more. And so like you said, yeah, I could do that. I could, you know, walk away in the sense of apart from Christ because you understand the, the, the difficulty of, of your complex heart. Mm-hmm. You understand the depth of it and it, and it, and it hurts. But the blessing again is, yes, left to myself, I'll walk away. Mm-hmm. But I'm not left to myself. I'm Christ. He is holding me. I'm hidden in his life. As it says in Hebrews, I uh, uh, opened it right up to chapter 7, and it says, um, it says, talking about Jesus as the better high priest, Jesus doesn't stop. Like all the high priests had a, had a, had a time in which they ministered, and then they went home. Mm-hmm. Jesus never stops. He's mm-hmm. constantly praying. He's constantly there before the Father doing mm-hmm. his priestly work on our behalf. And it says 25, constantly, there's the word, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Why? Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Mm-hmm. And that is what you see different between Peter and Judas. Mm-hmm. What is it? Christ prayed for Peter. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. And then what do you see in John 17? He even says he prays for his own. I don't pray for the world, Jesus mm-hmm. says. I'm not praying for them. I'm mm-hmm. praying for my own. Mm-hmm. Both those uh, who believed then, but even, he goes on to say, and those who will believe in the future. And so John 17 is is a passage that 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 drives assurance of salvation, where you see all the apostles are getting ready to abandon him in minutes from the time, and he's praying for them. He knows, and so it is with us. He continues to pray for us. So it's never about we are called to persevere to the end. We are commanded to persevere to the end, but our assurance is not in our perseverance. Our assurance is ultimately in our preservation, which is Christ. Mm -hmm. So we persevere, we do. We remain faithful. We keep fighting. Though a righteous man sin falls seven times, he gets up and he keeps going. But all of that is because Christ is continuing his work in us. Mm -hmm. He will not let us go. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. I, I, we need to come back to the point that you were making about Judas because, uh, that is that is one person where you know people will you know uh, Judas like why would you you know compare anything uh, to Judas but that is something that that is worth uh, having a conversation about. So uh, here in the Truth Talks podcast, we always take time to give you the gospel in a very clear and uh, precise way. Uh, so here it is: uh, God is holy. God is a holy and uh, loving God, but. Because of our sin, uh, we have uh, taken on God's wrath because of what we have done. And that is what we deserve, uh, God's wrath because of our sin. 
God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die for our sins. And not only that, his righteousness, him living on earth, uh, is now counted as our righteousness. Now, from that, we have a choice. We can either reject uh, God's uh, perfect plan or we can walk away from it, reject it. Wait, the other would be to accept it. (laughs) We can reject it. We walk away because we're sinful and we don't want God. That's really what the reality is. But uh, we can, uh, we should repent and then believe that Jesus is Lord. He's the son of God and that his uh, perfect plan for us is, is for us to see God one day because we cannot see God because of our unholiness because God is holy kind of went just in a 360 circle there just went back to God and <laughs> after I took the last one either way thank you for uh, tuning into the truth talks podcast uh, I promise next time I'll be a little bit more awake uh, but today is, is, is a sleepy day for me so you know how it goes raising children <laughs> and being a husband and working and all that stuff you understand it's that, the right? real deal it's the real deal so Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, If you have not subscribed, please subscribe. And then also uh, leave a comment at the bottom. Rate us uh, fives, please, if you could. Uh, Only because the truth needs to uh, go out. And that's what the Truth Talks podcast is all about. The more five-star reviews we get, the higher we get pushed up and more people can hear the truth. So that's the whole point and reality of it. Thank you all for tuning in. Also, uh, subscribe to the... Bellcroft Bible Church uh, Sermons Podcast, uh, which you can find on uh, Apple Podcasts. And we will see you next time because I have a very good question from Matt uh, coming to Judas. Not Jude, but Judas. Thank you all for tuning in. Take care. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.